0: Hello, Janice here. Welcome to today's episode of The Daily. How are you? You've made it through another week. It's no mean feat. Well done! And thank God for bringing us through day by day. I have mostly stayed home throughout this circuit breaker, with very few exceptions. And I think about nine. Out of 10 breakfasts we eat the same things over and over which is bread eggs and oatmeal and more bread yes it bugs me i'm not one for light breakfast i am the heavy breakfast kind but somehow i just haven't felt a strong desire on most mornings to go buy breakfast back last saturday i woke up earlier than usual though And walked over to the market near our house to buy some uh, wonton noodles and butterfly buns, some yu tiao and sesame peanut buns. Nothing super special. But our son loves yu tiao, so he was very happy. Yum! This is so nice! And Matthew, that's my hubby, for those who don't know, was so appreciative of the little treat that he said, wow! This really feels like a Saturday. It hit me then that maybe we need some variety, and soon, for everybody's sake. I hope that no matter how your week has been going, that you've been taking good care of your body, eating healthy, hydrating well, taking time to have a decent workout. One of the things we're thankful for is actually getting more time to work out with the kids. It's been a joy to just whip them into shape, deprive them of something unless they do their exercises. <laughs> no, just kidding. They still get their dinner, even when they don't. We're not cruel like that. It does so much good, seriously, for us, even mentally, if we do get enough physical activity. So if you've been doing that, two thumbs up. Uh, maybe not all of us, but if you do, that's great. And yeah, whether or not you do, just be sure you're keeping well, listening to your body. So this weekend, I pray for you, um, as you're listening to this, that you can carve out time for what is life-giving for you and those in the same household as you, before a new week starts out. That you will enjoy conversations that nurture your soul, sharpen you like iron. And bring to light glimpses of God's grace, which you can celebrate and say, Wow, God, this feels like a good weekend. The other day, in a conversation with someone, she was sharing with enthusiasm that she is really coming to understand the importance, the value of spending time in silence and solitude. I was very happy to hear that, because there's nothing like experiencing for yourself the goodness of something. Which you may have always known is good and you know people shared that it's good, but now you really taste and know it's good like you know for real for yourself. One of the things I've learned and I'm still learning from practicing silence and solitude through the years with some seasons more intentionally than others is that it brings to the surface the stuff we easily miss or we fail to perceive or ignore, or for one reason or another, we are unable to face it if we do not have the silence and solitude. The metaphor of a wilderness, which is often used about silence and solitude, is actually so much richer than we comprehend, and rightly so, because I think the beauty of the process of Spiritual formation is about going deeper and deeper still, and about discovering truths and new things, even in an old practice. Not many of us have had actual experience of what it's like to be in the wilderness anyway, right? Maybe a number of us, but mostly no. We can read about and study it though. So what I meant about solitude in the wilderness is that, just like in the wilderness, one can become acutely aware of very basic needs, the barrenness of the landscape, things are so bare with, with little embellishment, all you see is the minimum of what is needed, you know, for life, for mortality. And being in solitude and silence can be like that it kind of strips away at other things. In fact, I would venture to say it is like that. It's not just can be. It is like that. The state of the solitude brings up what is usually buried underneath our thick veneers of control, self-sufficiency, significance. It can increase our awareness of what is lacking in us, shake our transient, fragile structures of meaning, I know when I withdraw into solitude, many times I experience the volume of my disordered desires go up, and up, so that I, I cannot help but hear them. And initially, it, it would produce in me a sort of despondency, because I'm coming face to face with my weaknesses, my inadequacy, my frailty, and brokenness. And really, in that space, we are forced to acknowledge we are not what we thought we are. Uh, we don't know what we thought we know. And we cannot do what we strive hard to achieve. It's like reality hits. The deafening voices of our flesh, our sin nature, and huh, wouldn't you guess it, the enemy who comes lurking, really. Because God is, ironically, in these times of wilderness, closer to us than ever. And this is uncomfortable. This is where the frightful, unpleasant faith leads us through confusion and awful vulnerability. God could either feel distant or silent or intimidating or very present, depending on you know, the season you're in, then if we don't rush but we linger, we gradually move through the phase where we learn to embrace our flaws, our ugliness, our weaknesses, we plot through the surrendering and then uh, into the phase of freedom. That's what I'm wanting to encourage you with, that it's gradual, it can feel dry and barren for the most part, but you will come out of it for the better. When we practice solitude as a rhythm, perhaps not just daily or weekly, but also specific days set aside in a year, for example, it's primarily an inward posture. It's not really a pattern of behaving. When we practice it, as a rhythm, don't be afraid to go through this wilderness, because God is closer to you than ever. Think for a moment what Paul experienced when, in Second Corinthians 12, verse 9, he writes, referring to God, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. And Paul goes on to say, for when I am weak, then I am strong. I remember accompanying my father who had leukemia to go for blood transfusion once a week for many months. I would sit by his hospital bed for a long time, because each transfusion took hours to complete. He would be resting while I sat in silence, watching. And each time, although I never told him, I would feel a tinge of pain in my heart to go with him. I was very glad I could be with him, but it pained me to see the man who was healthy, strong, muscular, my father, become frail and weak right before my eyes. And this truth hit hard, visit after visit. And somehow hospital beds, nursing homes, funerals, even war museums, these are places where we are confronted more than most other places, with our inability to define or determine our own existence. I was learning to embrace the process of letting go, so during that time I experienced solitude with God that was simultaneously painful and precious. It's easy to think of the apostle Paul as someone who had it well, had it good you know He was someone of strong personality. he had a you know stunning list of his educational achievements and family background, very high social standing. He was influential when he was against Christ and when he became a follower, he was influential also. He had strong communication skills, amazing um, insights and theological wisdom. But you can't miss it when you read his letters. He often wrote about his flaws, um, that he's the worst of sinners, his imperfections, his sufferings, his heartaches. In this well-known verse, he made it plain he was weak. He was given a thorn in his flesh that tormented him. And because of the pain, uh, well, I mean, he was definitely not embracing it at first. Three times he pleaded with the Lord to take it away, but God didn't take it away just yet. He called Paul to lean on his power while remaining in his weakness. Paul learned that the thorn was his friend in experiencing more of God's strength. In moments with God when we cultivate silence and solitude, we will undergo some measure of discomfort, confusion, emptying and you know, dying to self. I, I mean, I pray you will. It is a good thing. I also pray that we will sense God's invitation to relinquish control and the need to impress to surrender our feeble attempts at producing outcomes that we desire, even noble ones. For certain truths can only be learned in the wilderness where we are sufficiently broken and broken down where you know the wilderness casts in startling clarity how weak and frail we truly are in how in need of God's sufficient grace we are. And only when we befriend our frailty, our finiteness, His power can be made perfect in us. Only then we learn painful but precious truths, and we come out free. It would be good to take a moment now to reflect. If you are within reach of a notebook or something you can jot things down on, do have it next to you. Invite Holy Spirit to lead you as you respond to these questions. In your life right now, What weaknesses or pain points in yourself do you see? Ask God to highlight to you one area, one particular weakness or sin area or pain point. And as God highlights that one to you, write it down in specific words. God, help us not to rush, but to draw near and to befriend this one area that you're highlighting in this season. Help us to work through it through times of silence and solitude with you, and be with us in our weakness we know that you are closer than ever and to ask God for his strength to be in you even as it is uncomfortable that you experience his empowering presence and his comfort so take a moment now to write down that prayer asking God in your own words would encourage you to hold on to what you've written down and ponder on it for the next few days. Pray into it, listen to God's voice, and write down what you receive. I hope that was helpful, even though it's a brief moment of reflection, and I hope you will grow closer to God. Even as you do so in the next few days, so let me pray for you. God, our maker, our shepherd, we know you love us with an everlasting love. And this means you will not give us anything less than what is best for us. Although that process of pruning or molding or shaping us may be painful and protracted, we know we can trust that you are working in us, beauty from ashes, beauty that is sure to come. In the place of silence and solitude, Lord, would you grant that our thick veneers of control self-sufficiency and significance become so thin that we can see our frailty much more clearly. That we can grow comfortable in laying before you our empty, fragmented selves. Mm -hmm. And we learn surrender, dying, so that your deep truth, come to life within us, that we learn truly that when we are weak, we are strong because of you. We pray that even in this period, as we all grapple with so much uncertainty and um, things we cannot predict, we will go deep with you and build depth in our inner being and emerge Freer and stronger people. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Friends, thank you for tuning in to The Daily. I hope you enjoy an awesome long weekend. Grace and peace to you. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to The Daily Podcast. We'll have fresh new episodes out for you every weekday. If you like what you're hearing and want to check us out, uh, you can look us up on our website www.thecity.sg or check us out on our various social media platforms. We'll see you at the next episode. Peace.